Good morning, everybody, and welcome to episode 202 of the Ask the Coach show, where ping skills helps you improve your table tennis. 202 is a Smith number because the sum of its digits equals the sum of the digits of its prime factors. So for 202, 2 plus 0 plus 2 equals 4, and the prime factors are 2 and 101, and summing those digits gives us 2 plus 1 plus 0 plus 1, which also equals 4, so it's a Smith number. Now, the drill of the week is called Switching Jewel, and we'll tell you what this is and why you should be using it in your training. In the questions, we'll talk about the difference between training four or five days a week, the importance of luck in table tennis, and what rubber to use on your backhand as a defender. And of course, we've got our week-long competition where you could win a Ping Skills Premium membership. So stay tuned for that too. I'm Jeff Plum, and as always, Super Coach Alois Rosario is here with me to answer your questions. Welcome, Alois. Good morning, Jeffrey. You just cut out, Alois. I lost all your sound as soon as you started complaining about numbers. <laughs> now you're muted. I know something's gone on. Can't hear you at all. That serves you right for complaining about Smith numbers. Nah, I can't hear you at all. We've lost him. Um, and, you know, it serves him right, doesn't it, you know? Smith numbers are exciting. Who wouldn't want to know about summing digits and summing the prime factors of the digits? And imagine them being equal. I mean, that's an impressive number, like the number 202. <laughs> uh, good stuff. So, yes, uh, we are running our competition about how you can win a, well, we're giving away five premium memberships, four weekly and one monthly. So every day this week, the best answer to our Ping Skillers question of the day will go into the draw for that yearly prize and the other four will get a monthly membership. So we'll be uh, announcing the yearly winner on Monday. So first up, I'm just going to get straight into today's Pink Skillers question of the day so you can have your chance to win. And the Pink Skillers question of the day is, how can table tennis attract more spectators? So to get involved, jump on our Facebook page um, and answer that question or onto our table tennis blog at pingskills.com. Leave your answer to, how can table tennis attract more spectators for your chance to win a premium membership. Now, let me check. Alois has been uh, trying to get his sound back up. Are you there, Alois? No, I can't hear you at all. <laughs> Have you got the microphone plugged in? <laughs> He's gone. I think so. Hello, oh, hello. You're back. Hello, is that better? Yeah, what did you do? Okay. I don't know. Nothing. Okay. Okay. Well, you're back. I think you just fixed your attitude and stopped complaining about the numbers and the the world said, hey, yeah, you can come back and uh, be part of the show now. Nah, that numbers thing, that 202, like, you know, yeah. Anyway, um, I am back. I am back and I don't know what you've been talking about anyway. So, what, what Oh, you couldn't hear me either. Yeah, 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 no, but I, I was off trying to fight, fix fix the world. 
Well done. Um, well, you fixed it now. We've just asked the Ping Sealers question of the day, so people are already jumping on, answering, trying to win that premium membership. Excellent. But let's talk about yesterday's Ping Sealers uh, question of the day, Alois, uh, which was what changes need to be made to the service rule? And then let's talk about who our winner is. Okay. So um, I'm just trying to get to the... Uh... The answers, yeah. So we had a few, quite a few responses again. Thank you, guys. So um, so Dieter jumped on again. So Dieter was the winner of uh, day one, and he had some interesting ideas. Well, he can't win twice in a row, can he, Jeffrey? No, no, no. Um, so he said the serve rule foremost needs enforcement, not changing. So it's a good point, you know, like maybe the rule there is okay, just needs to be enforced better. Um, the major issue is that the contact point must be visible to the opponent. Um, in professional circumstances, that could be done, but the opponent claiming he can't and then bring in video evidence like in tennis or rugby, yeah, difficult, isn't it? And, you know, like I think even, even at that professional level, um, technology uh, would be difficult to, to tell because, you know, where do you put the camera? Um, do you put it on the two net posts, um, perhaps? Um, and then at the club level, it just doesn't work, does it? Um, but uh, on our Facebook page, quite a few. Um, Patrick said the rule is fine as it is for the pro level, except that the umpires need to be placed in a way that allows them to actually call hidden serves behind the receivers. So, yeah, interesting. So, so we probably need three umpires, don't we? Or, or just two umpires, one at each end of the court. Um, and Rory said, I just read a post by Larry Hodges, and Larry's pretty big on the service rule, where he discussed the current top 10 male players. Um, he looked at all their serves, and everyone except one player looked to be intentionally hiding the ball on the serve. The one that wasn't obvious seemed borderline. So there you go. Um, James Williams said... Uh, the rule should be that just that my opponent concedes a point to me if they manage to return my serve. Yes, something like that, James. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. Jared, <laughs> Jared Cathcart said, uh, what changes? None. People just need to actually follow the current rules. So that's a little bit of a, a common theme. And Eugene wants, uh, wants you to toss the ball back to you. It'll be allowed to toss the ball back to yourself. Um, but then I think the other one that, so another couple we had, Nigel um, said, the service rule as it stands seems to me to cover all eventualities. The problem is it's diff it's very difficult to enforce due to lack of video evidence, so similar to what Dieter said. Um, um, and But Marson has said, so one solution allowing, again, any hiding or whatever disguise, but start to use the two-coloured ball as in the 2014 Chinese League. And he had another solution. The serving player has, during contact of the ball, has to have his free arm down beside him. Yep. And the third option to forbid players staying opposite to the receiver. So what he's saying there, you're not allowed to turn your back on the receiver at all. So it would mean that their feet position need to be at a certain angle. So you're not allowed to have your feet too far around, you know? Yeah. So no, no, no conclusive uh, solutions there, Jeff, anything that you like? Um, you know, I think 
you know, maybe just getting rid of uh, or allowing people to hide the ball is something that needs to be considered. I don't think it's as bad as people think it is. And it just clears up any of the confusion about the service rules. Um, I'm not convinced it's the way to go, but it's worth a thought. Yeah, and for that reason too, I think that uh, Marson um, takes the takes the win today. So well a, done, Marson. Well done. So allowing again any hiding or whatever disguise, but bringing in the two coloured ball. So maybe that is the way to go. So Marson, you are the winner for uh, yesterday's Ping Skillers question of the day. Well done. All right, well done. So one thing about all this, Alloys, is. I still don't think there's a real obvious answer. And if there was, ITTF probably would have, you know, tested it or tried it by now. It's it's not an easy problem to solve. Yeah, and I, I think I think the thing is that the the um, the rules are so complex, but they're just too difficult to enforce. Um, you know, like especially for, at a club level, it you just can't do it. So it has to go past that. And, you know, maybe the two-coloured ball is the solution. I don't know. Um, Wow, you know, like uh, where would we go with ball manufacturing once the two-coloured ball comes in? How does that work with with the seamless ball? I don't know the manufacturing process, but, hmm. Yes, interesting. All right. Well, unfortunately, we haven't solved uh, the serving problems of the ITTF, but... Um, hopefully there's some good ideas there, Alloys. Yeah, and, and you know, like if Philip Boyle had got on and, and put his solution on there, you know, maybe he could have taken the uh, question of the day because uh, we do like that one and that is just serving um, like in doubles, serve one way and then serve the other way. Yes, and um, he could certainly use some help with the Pink Seals Premium Membership to lift his game. So, yeah, indeed. Yeah. Seen him play. Oh. All right. Yeah. Um, let's move on, Alloys, to the drill of the week. What is this drill? Why is it useful? And why should people be using it? Yep. Yeah, so uh, this is the switching drill. So, um, so this drill is where you get your partner to block either one or two balls to your backhand side, and then one or two balls to your forehand side. So it's um, so this is a little bit of a um, a combination of um, a dynamic and a static drill. So, so you know where the first ball's coming to. You're not sure where that next ball's coming to. But if it comes here, then you know the next one has to come to your forehand side. So, um, it's good because it, it one it practices rep, uh, repetition on the same side, but it also practices the switching between the sides. So, um, yeah, it's it's a it's a good drill. Um, for quite a lot of um, aspects, the switching, um, the uh, the static and the dynamic uh, components of it, and it uh, and you can do it at whatever level you want as well. So I mean, you could just block and do it nice and simply, or you can do top spins on all the balls, or you could do a combination of you know some um, some counter hitting and some top spinning uh, with the drill as well. So yeah, a good drill. Give it a try. The switching. Duel. Excellent. And I love what you've done with that name, Alois. You've done duel as in, you know, two people fighting, but duel also means two and you've got two sides to go or it's one or two balls. Very clever. Yeah, it's like the 202, isn't it, Jeff? (laughs) Exactly. Yes, well done. 
All right, yeah, so get out on the table this week. Try that uh, drill, the switching jewel. It is very good and will help you get better. All righty, it's time for This Day in History. Bom, 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 bom. Yeah, now happened. All right, I need my show notes here. So on this day, we have some table tennis birthdays. So Woo-hoo. here we go. So um, Alexander Karakasevich. Um, a fantastic Serbian player who's just got a ridiculous backhand and ridiculous shots, was born on this day in 1975. Um, Mirjana Lucic, so she um, is a Class 10 um, in the para table tennis world, uh, ranked in the top 10 now um, there and uh, will be aiming for a Paralympic spot. So Mariana Lucic from Croatia, um, born on this day. But also a couple of Aussie table tennis players, Chris Yan, um, who recently won the Australian Top 10 Championship, born on this day, and also Greg Letts. So Greg Letts, um, quite famous in the table tennis world. He um, he used to do um, uh, the website... About, um, about table about, tennis, about, yep. That's right, about... Um, table tennis, um, and now does some very witty little animations as well. Um, you know, and he does have one on the service rule and uh, and a few other interesting uh, bits. So we might put a link to Greg Letts's uh, animation there as well. But uh, happy birthday, Greg! So yes, quite a few um, table tennis birthdays, and then of course Donny Osmond. Who could forget Donny Osmond and Joan Armour Trading? Do you remember her, Jeff? Joan Armour Trading singer or yeah, singer, 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 yeah. Uh, Dame Judi Dench, our Australian ex-Prime Minister, Bob Hawke, famous for a few other things apart from being Prime Minister, and Kirk Douglas. So there you go. Lots of famous birthdays today. There you go. December 9th. Excellent. Love it. That's interesting. Almost as interesting as a number 202. Or the switching uh, duel. Yes. All right. Now, let's get into the questions, Alois. First up, Pascal, or Pascale, has asked, Hi, Alois. I'm practicing five days a week with my robot, five hours a day. But this week, I got a bit tired, so I wanted to practice four days this week. Do you think there's a lot of difference between five and four days a week of practice if I'm a bit tired? Hey, Pascal. Um, So, firstly... Well done on being able to maintain five days a week, five hours on a robot. That's that's good dedication. That's a lot of hitting. Um, certainly, if you're if you're starting to feel tired and mentally tired, take a day off. You know, when you're doing that amount of training, you know, if you, I'd say if you're if you're practicing once a week or twice a week, and you think, oh, I'm a bit tired, and you know, maybe you can push yourself through and and make sure you do the the second session, but. If you're doing five days a week, yeah, sometimes you do need a break. You know, mentally, physically, all that sort of thing, you do need to to uh, to take a break. So, um, Pasquale, take that day off, give yourself a rest, um, and um, and you know, see if you can see if you can just refresh a little bit. Um, the other thing is that um, five days a week on a robot is good, but if you can um, supplement that with um, one or two days training with a training partner would be heaps better. And I've talked to you a little bit about this now on the on the site and you said that you do go um, to a club um, every now and then. So that's great if you can do that as well. Um, 
try to get as much hitting with partners as well. The robot is good, but as we've talked about a lot, it has a limited benefit. Um, and when you start to play with other players, you're going to find that, well, you're not, you're not really uh, picking up cues of where the ball's coming or what type of stroke they're doing. So, yeah, if you can, if you can just supplement with a little bit of um, uh, playing with uh, partners as well, all the better. Yeah, I think so, Alice. At that, when you're training that amount, I think it's definitely important to be training a good percentage of it with um, other players, just because, like you said, about the spin and, you know, placement and different ways balls come off the bat, just so much better. So, yeah, Pascal, yeah, if you can get to that club more often, much, much more beneficial. Yeah, but if, I mean, the the option is if you you can't possibly get to that club, um, then doing another day of hitting on the robot is okay. Yes, yes, good point. Um, And, yeah, just one other interesting thing, I guess, like, yeah, you always talk about your training needs to be focused. So no point going there if you're not concentrating um, because you're not going to get anything out of the session and it's just going to be wasted and you might get frustrated. Um, But on the other hand, I guess, you know, you look at the professionals, um, four days to five days, it's a 20% increase in training. So that's quite a a step up, really. Yeah, actually, it's a 25% increase, Jeff. Oh, good. Lucky you. See, you're, you're good with numbers. That's right. Me and numbers, Jeff. Me and numbers. It's it's a twenty percent decrease, right, from five down to four, but a twenty five percent increase from four up to Cor- five. Correct. Now you yeah. got it. <laughs> I knew you loved your numbers. All right, <laughs> let's move on then. So let's go to Christopher, who says, "I just wanted to let you know how much I have appreciated being a member of Ping Skills. You have made such a difference in my game." It's great to see two people so dedicated to their sport and to helping others progress in their love of the game. Well, thank you, Christopher. That's nice, Alois. It is nice, and thank you. Yeah, um, you know, we do get messages reasonably often through uh, through emails and things, and every, like every single time we get one, it's great. Yeah, really appreciate it. So thank you, Christopher. Uh, really appreciate those sentiments. Yes, thank you very much. All right, next up is one from George who says, how important is the luck of the game? What is the place of fortune when you're playing table tennis? Yeah, um, I, don't, I don't think a great deal overall. You know, in, in, the, in the bigger scheme of things, luck doesn't really play much of a, much of a part. Um, you know, people often you know, complain, oh, you know, I was so unlucky today, you know, the other guy got a net and then he got an edge just on match point and, and that sort of stuff. Um, and I always say it's it's easy to remember uh, the the luck that you get against you rather than the luck that you get. You know, the luck that you get, you sort of dismiss it, but um, any, any luck you get against you, you sort of, oh, no, you know, like, so, yeah, try to, I mean, it's difficult, but try to keep it in perspective. Um, Really, overall, luck doesn't really play a part at all. And um, I did put a little quote in there that uh, that I've heard. You know, as they say, the harder I work, the luckier I seem to get. So, um, and I think that's a very, very uh, true comment. And uh, we had a bit of discussion about who actually um, was the originator of that uh, saying. And uh, there's a little bit of uh, controversy as to that, Jeff. Really? 
Yeah. I always so, thought it was Thomas Jefferson. Yes. Yeah, that's right. So uh, there's there's uh, there's a big band that say Thomas Jefferson, but uh, others say no, can't find it anywhere in his uh, in his history. So there you go. But uh, if any, if if you know any more about that saying, the harder I work, the luckier I get. Um, let us know. Yeah, I think yeah, this it's interesting, isn't it, about this luck? Because I guess people remember this most if they get to like ten all in the seventh game, and then someone gets a net. That's when it really feels like luck is against you. But how many people have actually got to that point and had luck against them there? And I guess another one, like you're saying, Alice, is maybe during a game people go, oh, you got four or five nets. Um, but again, you know, I guess with these shorter games, Alice, it does feel like it's more important at each point. But you have more sets. So I think over the course of a game and over the course of a tournament, and it does just even itself out. And, you know, luck's not a big deal. And I guess you just have to take the attitude that, you know, if I'm good enough, I'm going to be far enough ahead anyway that luck's not going to, you know, make a difference. Yeah, that's true. And I suppose the only other um, exception is, you know, often players that play with long pimples um, seem to be luckier. But what's happening is that they're, they're hitting the ball lower over the net a lot of the time. So the ball's, you know, just just um, got those small margins. So if you if you playing closer to the net, then obviously you're going to get um, more more balls touching the net and going over. Whereas if you're playing with inverted rubber, um, you've got a higher margin over the net most of the time. So, yeah, I've often heard, oh, you know, that guy with long pimples, he's so lucky, he just gets the net all the time, but he's playing with smaller margins too. So that's why he'll be getting the nets, but also there'll be some balls going to the top of the net and going back on his side as well. So... So, uh, so always take those sort of things into consideration. And there you go. I knew it. Long pimple players are more lucky. You've just said it all this time. Ah, oh. there you go. Well, it makes sense. Okay, at least at least it makes sense now. Yeah, and and I think the the other the other thing is that I remember um, Gatien's coach um, saying um, Michelle Gadal saying that. You know, as as people get better, you know, when when you're when you're just starting out, you're aiming for the table, but then as you start to get better, you're aiming for a smaller area, smaller area, to the extent where then towards the end, you're aiming for that close to the white line, um, and when you're aiming for that close to the white line, then sometimes you're going to get the edge. You know, similarly, if you're um, aiming for just over the net, as you start to get better and better then sometimes that ball is going to clip the top of the net and go over. You know, I mean, it's almost really the ideal shot. It's the it's the ultimate of what you're aiming for. You're aiming to get that ball really low and just skim over the net or just touch the net. You're aiming the ball for the ball to go um, really close to the edge of the table. So that is the ultimate skill. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just accept it. Yeah. Move on. And that backs up that saying, the harder I work, the luckier I get. Excellent. Indeed. Indeed. (laughs) Uh, Someone was commenting on that just the other day, just how much I say indeed. It's a good word. All right. Let's move on to Alan's question. He says, I played my first tournament as a defender. My weakness was lack of spin and the good players are too smart. 
I had one decent win. Should I try and defend with inverted rubber? I don't want to give up on this style as I'm very good at hard bat. Yeah, I think um, inverted rubber does give you a lot of options. You know, it, it does open out um, the world for you. But on the other hand, you are losing that control. So if, you, if you're playing with a pimple, a long pimple or a hard bat, um, it's so much easier to control that ball um, back onto the table. Um, but if you're using the inverted rubber, then you're going to be able to vary the spin much better. So it really depends on your style and how well you can control the ball. I was doing a little bit, little bit of chopping the other day um, in one of my sessions, and I found that you know my forehand chop's quite uh, okay. You know I've got good control. My backhand chop, I find it difficult to to control. So I was just thinking, gee, it would be nice to have some long pimples on the backhand there to chop with because. Um, it was harder to keep that ball down for me on the on the backhand side. So, yeah, um, it really depends on your level and your ability. Um, but um, the inverted is going to give you more options to to vary the spin yourself as well. And I remember always um, playing Paul Pinkowich, um, a very famous uh, defender from Australia, um, and I used to hate playing him when he had. Uh, inverted rubber on the backhand side. When he, when he had long pimples, I felt much more comfortable. Interesting. Now, if we look at a lot of the top defenders in the world, my feeling is most of them are using long pimples on the backhand. Would, would that be your feeling as well? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think, uh, I think now just with the pace and the, of the ball, you know, they really need that um, long pimple on the backhand to be able to control that ball. Okay. Now, say you're taking a long-term view of a young person or an older person just wanting to become a chopper, and so you're taking a long-term view, would you get them to start off with inverted rubber just so they get used to the spin and then have them switch to long pimples, or should they start with long pimples to start with, or is there no real right answer here? Yeah, there's probably no real right answer, but I'd, I'd say start with inverted on both sides, just so you're really understanding the spin that's coming to you and how to control it, and then uh, switching to the a long pimple on the backhand side. And I think, yeah, if, you, if you're starting to reach a higher level, then the long pimple is really important um, on the backhand side. Excellent. All right. Well, good question, Alan, and well done on playing your first tournament. Great step. It's always fun. And so if anyone out there hasn't played a tournament yet, find a local table tennis club and see how you can get involved. It's really beneficial for your table tennis. All right, Alois. Well, that wraps up show 202, the Smith number. Thanks, everyone, for watching. Thanks for all your questions. Get involved. Jump onto our Facebook page to answer the Ping Skills question of the day for your chance to win a premium membership. And, of course, you can also enter at pingskills.com. And we will see you tomorrow. Thank you, Alois. Thanks, Jeff. And how can table tennis attract more spectators? Hmm. Interesting. Bye.